Let's jump right into it. Today's episode is brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNBR. You can head on down to their farmhouse down in Littleton and pick up your Mile High City Copper Lager or any other Breckenridge beer that you are looking for from noon to 8 p.m. And you can get $5 off when you use code DNBR when you call 303-803-1380. Or you can always head down to your local Davidson's grocery store, liquor store, and pick up your Breckenridge Brewery there as they are in the vast majority of locations, at least here in Colorado. And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole, a left by Cole this time. Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen. He shoots and scars. Nathan McKinnon. Cole J.T. Comfer. 877 goes now. Gabriel Landeskog. Collective hugs. 29 and 92. Save me by Grubauer. Move over, Picasso. This piece of art is by McKinnon. My goodness gracious. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast, presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. If you're not going to the farmhouse, that's my go-to stop to pick up Breckenridge Brewery. They will even deliver to you if you live nearby, so give them a try today. I'm Nathan Rudolph. Joining me, as always, is AJ Hayfley. And back on the show, hopefully for an entire episode this time, we have Chad D. Dominicis. I think I'm close on the name, but I probably messed it up a little bit. Either way, back to talk Buffalo. Chad, thanks for coming on again. Yeah, no problem. That was actually perfect. I'm impressed. No, don't be. Don't be. I'll (laughs) mess it up again before the end of the show. Have to say, the hat game on this podcast has been top tier as of late. (laughs) Uh, We had Felix Sicard on to talk Ducks, and he had his old Anaheim not even Anaheim Ducks. He had the Mighty Ducks yeah. TV oh, show nice. hat on. You've got the Hartford Whalers hat now, which looks amazing. Uh, I think it hasn't aired yet, but Nathan Chapman had a very nice-looking black Toronto Blue Jays hat as well. So It was a good uh, one. For a Blue Jays hat, it was about as good as it gets. There you go. So Hat game strong if you want to come on the DNPR <laughs> apps podcast, I guess. But we're not here to talk about hats we're here to talk about the Buffalo Sabres. And last we had you on, we were just starting to get into Buffalo's potential free agency targets. Um, I believe, oh, I forget who you said that you started us off with, but it was definitely more of a... Jesper Faust. Yes, that's yeah. right. So certainly yeah. not a, a big top six name or any anything no. splashy. No, I don't think so. And... You know, for a few reasons. One, um, in on the surface, it looks like they have a lot of cap space, but realistically, when you have about, I think it's like eight or nine, pretty decent restricted free agents. Some of them even really decent. In the case of Sam Reinhart, uh, and even Victor Olsen can get up there. So, when you start signing your own players, your cap space starts to deteriorate. So there's really not that much cast base available to them unless they start moving out players, which then you move big name players like either Ristolainen or Montour. And then, you know, that's kind of where you make your big moves too. So I don't really see them doing much in free agency uh, in terms of like big splash. And, and even in general, I don't think you're going to get a lot out of them. I, I think you're going to get kind of a 
filler guys like like Foss is a guy I mentioned. I think he's an under the under the radar guy that that could fit for that team for kind of what they need a nice middle six forward that can produce, which they've been searching for for a few years now. So that could help if they move, they move out some defensemen. Uh, you know, one of the guys I think I was talking about right when I cut out was Dylan Demello. Uh, he's a, he's another right shot defenseman that I'm very interested in. With my fancy stats background, he's you know high in the regards in that. So. You know, if you're going to move out one or two of those right-shot defensemen, he can step in and fill that void, too. And there's other guys, too, like Brendan Dillon. You know, you lose a left-shot defenseman in Lawrence Pilot, who had some promise, but he decides to go to the KHL because the last general manager wouldn't move out any defensemen, so he was stashed on the AHL and kind of got tired of it and took his ball and went home to the KHL. So he's gone now for the next few years. And he was probably penciled in or even in pen to be, you know, their, their second – probably their second pair of left shot defensemen and now he's gone. So they got to figure that out. So, you know, I, I think if they go on the free agent market, it's not going to be a lot. There's some guys that I like, but you know, the other thing with this too is everything around this team, this organization, uh, it's not going to be easy to attract people. Uh, and that's the truth of the matter, the way things are going with the changes, the ownership things, the stuff that's coming out now, it's, it's going to be hard to get people. And if you do get people, you're going to, have to pay them more money than any other team would probably. So that's another reason that your their best bet is probably to try to stick in the trade market and then maybe make a few low key signings that, that kind of help your team out. All right. Nothing, I, I don't mind the nothing splashy route, to be honest with you, especially they have seven or eight pending free agents, I believe. So yeah. Certainly a lot of in-house work to do, especially with the new front office, essentially needing to make decisions about what they value and and everything like that. So I don't mind that look, but at the same time, how do you get back to the playoffs then? I I guess the answer is trade people as you, as you were alluding to. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's that it's, uh, you know, it's hoping some of your guys step up. Uh, and by that, I mean, you know, Dylan Cousins is going to probably play in the team next season. You don't want to put too much stock into a 19-year-old, but maybe you can kind of get something there out of him. Uh, maybe Casey Middlestad comes up this year and lives up some of the expectations. But again, I mean, these are young players you're relying on. And it's something that's burned them in the past. So really, you ideally you don't want to do that, especially in the case of Cousins. You kind of want to not go down that middle stat route where you kind of put too much on his plate after O'Reilly left and you kind of, you want to, you know, shelter him with another son on the team. You don't want to rely on him to be your second line center again. Uh, Cause that can go both badly for both the team and the player so that that can be tough. So, you know, it, it's, it's, it's that it's making some trades like a guy, like I mentioned a couple of times here, wrist line and who's been here for a long time. And, you know, I, I think the book is out with him with a lot of teams in the league. You're not really going to fool anybody anymore. Uh, he kind of is what he is, you know, he'll get you around 35 to 40 points a game, but you know, he's, he's the, the underlying numbers in him are not pretty. He's, you know, he makes four point five point four million dollars and he's not a first pair defenseman. Uh, and I can argue he's a borderline second pair defenseman, depending how you use him. So, you know, you have to find a team that's interested and maybe New Jersey's that team. You know, their general manager has talked about wanting a big right shot defenseman and they were interested in him, you know, with Ray Shiro last, uh, last summer, and you know, maybe Fitzgerald still has some interest there, so we'll have to see. Maybe that's a possibility, but there's not going to be a lot of 
takers for him, and then you get to Montour. Maybe he can do something. Or the middle side, like I mentioned, maybe use him. Maybe use a your first round pick in 2021. Kind of go to the Van, the Vancouver route they did when they got JT Miller. You know, try that type of thing out. So there's some prospects they can even move around. They have a lot of defensemen uh, in their prospect pool. They can use Matias Samuelson, Ryan Johnson, Oscar uh, Lax, and then you know, there's there's other guys too. So they can make some things happen and hope that it that helps and also you got to fix your goaltending you know that that's the other part of it too that if they don't do that then it doesn't really matter what you do when it comes to some of these young guys um i mean i think the the big one that needs re-signing is reinhardt do you have do you have any idea what that contract's going to look like because this is this that's a guy that we've talked a lot about where if buffalo decides he's too expensive, then Colorado should be picking up the phone and being like, we'll pay whatever. Yeah. You know? And and then Colorado's top six is done for the next 10 years. <laughs> so that's yeah, like, I, we've we've talked about it. Uh, Reinhardt as like a guy that, you know, the abs should keep an eye on if something goes wrong in those negotiations. So what, what do you think that number end, ends up looking like? It, it's tough this year because... I think you look at something, if it goes long-term, like in around five, six years, uh, probably up around seven-ish, um, maybe a little bit over, maybe a little under, depending if it's five or six years. Uh, but the, the tough part this year is, you know, some of those restricted free agents, including Reinhardt, might just say, you know what, let's do one year or let's go to arbitration and let's do this again next year where we kind of have a clear path of where the salary cap's going, where things are with the league in general. Uh, so, that could be the situation, not only with Reinhardt, but with a lot of restricted free agents where they kind of kick the can down the road here and see where they are. Um, you know, and Jason Botter will kind of put the Sabres in a tough situation going with a two-year contract for him two years ago when they probably could have got it done at five years around five and a half million dollars, but Bo Horvat got, and they decided to go for a two at 3.65. So now they're sitting here in a situation in a couple of years um, down the road where he hit kind of what you thought he was going to be, a 60-point winger. Uh, and now you're looking at pay him around seven when you still could have had him for a few more years that were like five and a half. So, you know, this is another thing from Bottero they have to deal with, another gift he left Kevin Adams now. But, you know, the, the cynic in me and a lot of people here kind of wonder if they look at Reinhardt and, you know, that's kind of the player they move uh, to – you know, fix the team or make that big move or make a change of some kind. But realistically, I just don't think it's going to happen. And not only from a team perspective, um, the other part that even just from a, you know, personal player perspective is Reinhardt and Eichel are extremely close. So you already have an unhappy Jack Eichel. Are you going to trade away one of his close friends on the team? And these, these two were roommates for a while, for years, multiple years. So like they're very close. So, you know, not only from the team aspect is just I, I don't know if they're, if they're going to want to dip the tone of water of angry and Jack Michael any more than he already is. So I, I think at the end of the day, they just kind of bite the ball on a five, six-year deal, or they do the one year and then they kick the can on the road and see kind of what next year brings them. All right. I think we can take our first period break there as who knows, maybe – Eichel and Reinhardt will uh, only be seeing each other on the golf links at a certain point when, if they're no longer teammates, but maybe that's not the case at all. They may stick in Buffalo together for a long time. Either way, 
they can play WGT Golf online. You don't even have to go outside to play this golf game, and it's loved by more than 20 million people around the world. If you want to play on your couch, you can do it. If you want to play on the go, you can do that as well, as it's a mobile game where you can jump in and download today from dnvrgolf.com and sign up for the dnvr clubhouse search for dnvr2 we have so many members we're on our second clubhouse we have tournaments every other weekend that you can play in we're doing a head-to-head event between our two clubhouses i think starting up right now or this weekend either way Uh, Uh, we'll be starting tomorrow night tomorrow night there you go so friday night you can jump in there challenge anyone in the either dnvr clubhouse play some games do some match play some stroke play some closest to the pins some top golf you name it you can play it golf style on a bunch of amazing courses with wgt golf second period of the dnvr avalanche podcast presented by davidson's beer wine and spirits talking buffalo sabers so it sounds like reinhardt's probably going to stay we've covered the free agency market and how Buffalo doesn't have a lot of freedom there. We've covered a little bit of the numerous pieces Buffalo can trade away. What is Buffalo's biggest need if they're actually looking to move a piece? It sounds like they have defensemen to spare. So what's next? Yeah, it's definitely second line center, right? And that's, you know, that that's, that's when the need since O'Reilly left. Uh, they've tried to fill it with, Middle stat wasn't ready. Um, and then this past year, they tried to fill up with Marcus Johansson, and that was a bad idea because he's not really a center. He's a winger. So that didn't work. And, you know, their second their second best center was Johan Larson. And, you know, say we about Larson, I, I think he's a very underrated player, and he's one of the better, I think, defensive forwards in the league for what he does and the role they put him in. But, you know, asking him to be some sort of second-line center to give you some offensive output just isn't really fair to the player. But defensively, he's fine. So – yeah, I mean, that's what they have to go find. But the catch is, you know, those those guys are not just hanging out there for you to go grab. You know, that so that, that kind of makes it difficult and why it's taken them a few years now to take a few swings at it and they really haven't come close to filling that need. Yeah, teams uh, teams aren't just lighting up to give away no. those types of guys. You know, the Avs, the Avs are able to poach Nazem Kadri out of Toronto, but had they not done that, I really – it might have been run it back with Carl Soderberg. Like I, I really don't know where they would have gone. So it, um, it's a tough spot to fill because teams, you know, they're either overpaying for one or the yeah. team that has the cheap one never wants to give it up. Yeah, like the only way that you're able to pry a guy out of there is you overpay for it. And Buffalo's just in this weird spot where they don't. They don't have a surplus of prospects. They don't have a surplus of picks. They don't even have a surplus of salary cap space so they can they can try and take on bad contracts just to entice a team to deal with them. Yeah. Because as you mentioned, you have there are so many RFAs uh, that even though it looks like they have oceans of cap space and they should have plenty to work with, mm-hmm. but when you're trying to re-sign as many guys as they're going to, um, it's it, it just disappears really quickly. You know, you get then, five or six contracts into it and it's like, yeah. I mean, the dark horse behind all this too, is if the salary cap stays flat, well, guess what? You got to pay Rasmus Dahlin next summer. Yeah. Colorado's <laughs> dealing with that with the kill McCarr thing right now. Yeah. So yeah. that's uh, the, 
influx of new contracts certainly never ends. There's always the yeah. the next wave that you're going to have to pay. And managing a team at that point, it, it's extremely tough when you're trying to stay relevant in the NHL. Yep. So the balancing acts, and, and this is under any organization, but for someone to pick up the pieces like Kevin Adams is going to have to do of, of – what's left, what he has to sign. I can't imagine it's a task that is particularly enviable. And then not to mention throw on top, they don't have a lot of experience doing it either. Or yeah. like, almost yeah. literally no experience. He's so not, that, you know, he's not like a hockey background guy. Yeah. And he's going to have all this condensed into one of the strangest off seasons in <laughs> NHL history. <laughs> yeah. Just as an extra kicker. And he has to hire his own staff because they fired all the staff. So. <laughs> This poor guy, you know, it's just, he's, he's in tough. About to be pretty busy. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe this is what they needed to turn it around. A very oh, different guess. approach. Yeah. I mean, hey, you know, you have made the playoffs in nine years. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've said that for a long time. Just try something different. Just, I don't know, go all numbers, do, just do something. So, is, is that the expectation that he's going to bring something significantly different? Because they did stay within the org here as a, as a hire. They didn't go completely out of the box. Yeah, I think they're going to do a few things slightly different. And by a few things slightly different, I, I think they're going to reduce their staff for their scouting staff, at least for a few reasons. One, because I think they, there's a directive from ownership to, I mean, especially listening to the owners on the introductory Zoom call they had for Adams. You know, they talked about effective efficiency, lean staff, all that thing. So that's cost-saving measures. And when you see 22 people go out the door, uh, that, that also kind of gives you some directives what they're going to try to do. So, 22 ain't coming back. Yeah. No, no. So I think maybe you're going to get about 10 back, maybe 12. Uh, so half of that. So, you know, and then I, I think that's a situation where they maybe go into some video scouting or, you know, they kind of – put more of an emphasis in, in analytics and the numbers. I mean, right now they only have a one man analytics team right now. Uh, I mean, they do some outsourcing with staff leads and sports logic uh, in the AHL, but you know, there's not much in the NHL. So maybe, you know, from yeah, talking to people, I, that. right. You know, it's from talking to people that I heard forward. Adams. Yeah. Right. They're, I think they're going to expand it. And that's what Adams wants to do. You know, he's talked about being a believer in the numbers and I think they mm-hmm. want to expand the department and kind of go that way. So I think they kind of want to get, more into that video scouting with less personal scouts where they're still going to have their amateur scouts. And he has to eventually at some point hire a director of amateur scouting. So he has to do that because they don't have one or an assistant director right now. So they have to do that eventually. And then I think they're going to run with the a smaller scouting staff on the amateur side and uh, use some video scouting and then kind of use the data behind that to kind of, you know, mold it what they've done. I mean, for a team that really hasn't hit on much draft stuff, whatever i'm at the point right now where just open a draft book and pick out based on rankings and see how that does it because <laughs> what you've done in the past hasn't worked anyways so why not just you know whatever yeah has that been a case of just too many cooks there and maybe the reduction will help in that regard or are we just throwing darts at a wall at this point no i think that's kind of a darts at the wall thing i, I just think this it's you know i mean the the tough thing with bot is, is he does have a few good draft picks in there uh, you know, you know, Jacob Bryson is one who's a fourth round pick from a couple of years ago who looks promising. Uh, but then you look at, you know, in 2018 at 32, they take Matias Samuelson, which is a big but low ceiling uh, defenseman. 
And you're like, all right, I guess I get it. But then you follow up the following year where they have two picks. They get Dylan Cousins first. And then at 31, the last pick of the first round, they go Ryan Johnson, another left shot, low ceiling defenseman. So it's what are we doing? Especially when you have a need uh, for the forwards they have in, the, in both drafts. You know, when they pick Samuelson and when they pick Johnson, there were so many forwards there. And, and they go defenseman again. So and that's one of the reasons why they're they're just stocked full of defense right now because Bottero kept picking them and you know his other picks and later rounds just aren't anything more than bottom six guys you know Matei Picard is you know a fourth round pick that is at best a bottom six forward Aaron Huglin was a fourth round pick last year that even played hockey this season because he's a back thing so you know there's and guys like Marcus Davidson really haven't evolved kind of what you want uh, Rasmus Asplund who was traded they traded for that pick under Tim Murray. Uh, that really hasn't gone the way you want. So there's just outside of first round picks where, you know, a, a person who's never picked watch hockey for could make those picks. Uh, you know, they really haven't hit on much of anything. Boy, does this sound familiar? Yep. <laughs> Rick Pracy, where you at? Yeah. Giving me PSC <laughs> flashbacks here. <laughs> Okay, well, Buffalo, if you need a, a stats guy, I know a dude. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll take our second period break there as it is time to let you guys know about StravaCraft Coffee, the CBD-infused coffee that has really changed lives, which you now purchase in whatever form you prefer. K-cups for your Keurig, whole bean, ground options as well. You can even try before you buy in multiple locations around Denver that now serve it. It's been known to help a ton of different ailments, whether it be IBS, migraines, other aches and pains, anxiety even. So give it a try today. And when you do decide to buy, you can purchase for 20% off when you use code DNVR20 at checkout online at StravaCraftCoffee.com. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast, talking Buffalo Sabres today as they continue to try to recover from the, the playoff drought that will stretch to a decade next year, I suppose. Well, 10 years, I shouldn't say a decade because decades <laughs> are weird. But either way, I've been kind of looking at Buffalo's in-division competition. And you see a league or a division, I should say, that has been for the majority of that stretch of time that Buffalo has missed, dominated by Boston and Tampa Bay. So is part of the reality of the division that Buffalo plays in, especially with the current Boston and Tampa Bay teams, are you just playing for third place in that division? In a way, yeah. Uh, and I guess, I mean, because really, you're, those are the two of the better teams in the league, right? So, it's, yep. you know, essentially, and then, and then that makes it hard with the wild card because, you know, the Metro you usually occupies that. A bunch right? of times, yeah. Right. <laughs> So, yeah, it's difficult. Um, same time, it's not impossible. Toronto's not that good. Uh, I know they have a lot of fancy forwards, but they're not great defensively. Uh, their goaltending was down this year. We'll see what, how they handle Columbus you know, when the playoffs do get going, if they do, I guess we could say. Um, Florida is always – Florida, who knows? Every year it's like, oh, Florida's really going to hit this year and then not really – doesn't usually happen. Um, Detroit is – you know, way down there at this point, but we'll see how quickly I can turn that around. 
Uh, I think the scary part of anything is you, you know, Montreal is kind of where the Sabres are, right? They're in that middle in between spot where uh, they have some nice players, but not enough. And again, Carey Price really hasn't been the goalie he was a couple of years ago either. So, and they had to pay him a ton of money for a long time. And Shea Weber's on the cap there. So they're in some issues there with them as well. So it, it's tough. And then, as I was saying, Ottawa, I think, is a team to watch here because. If both teams aren't – I mean, that's a team that's going to have two probably top five picks this year. Um, and then not only with that, they have a huge prospect pool as it is. So, I mean, that's a team that could blow by uh, Buffalo Montreal here pretty quick when they looked like they were pretty far in your roof a year or two ago and now look where they're headed. So, um, you know, that that's the thing. And you really got to – you got to get going here. But, yeah, I mean, ultimately, I, I think for at least the next few years, uh, another year or two, you're playing for the replace, but you know, that that's not an impossible task in that division. You're not going to get one or two, but I, I think third is definitely to be had every year. We talked about on the show that unfortunately you disconnected from the other day. the The lottery, the NHL draft lottery, Buffalo will be part of that tomorrow when it happens. Uh, I, first of all, I guess, what are your thoughts on the new format of the lottery that they've had for the past? This will be the fifth year, I believe. Um, and Buffalo being who they are, Bob McKenzie just released his final draft list of the season. You said you could just go by by <laughs> uh, ranking order. Is there anyone specific that you'd love to see Buffalo pick up? I mean, second line center, target of the future, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, what I keep saying to people who ask that question is, my first response is, any forward, any forward that is in the consensus top 10, just get one. I won't be mad. Just, okay. just pick any of them, to be honest, because you need a forward that bad. Uh, if we're going to get picky about it um, and narrow it down, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a big Marco Rossi fan. I think he's, I know he's a little bit smaller, but I think he's a very interesting player. I think he's also, because he's a little bit older, maybe he's closer to NHL already. Um, Lucas Raymond's on my radar for a couple of years. Uh, he's an excellent playmaking winger that I think could really help them. And then, you know, the other guy that I, I've seen kind of – he's one of the guys that's debatable. You know, you always have that guy who's kind of debatable in the top ten. Yeah. And, and, you know, for me, that that's Anton Lundell. You know, he, he's your second-line center. Um, I, I think he could be in the future. And it's it, – a lot of people say, you know, his, his scoring isn't that – I don't even know if the scoring's not that great. It's just a lot of that his ceiling is low offensively. And I, I just yeah. looking at his numbers as an 18 year old, what he put up in Liga, I know it's not as great as previous players that have done it, but still his numbers production as an 18 year old in that league are up closer to some of the higher and better finished players that have been drafted the last few years. And then his defensive game is pretty good. He's one of the best possession players in that league at 18 years old, which is impressive. So when you add that into a guy potentially when you have a need at center who I think is fairly close to being an inch already, you know, I don't know if I'd force him in this year, but definitely by next year, I think he could play. So then you're looking at a, a center spine. If everything works out, if you're going to have Eichel cousins, and then Lundell for the next, you know, what, five, six, seven years, you're in good shape there, but it's, you know, and that's kind of a guy where Lundell, I think it, for me, I'm, I kind of want them to go that route for the reason, because I think a lot of people won't be in favor of it. But then I can be like, you never get to champion the Sabres making a smart move where I could say, look, this is actually a pretty smart move. They did this and you can argue for it in their favor. So that's kind of like the part of me that wants them to do that. But again, you, you take any other guys I mentioned, Raymond Rossi, uh, 
even any other, Perfetti, Holtz, any of those guys, I'm, I'm going to be just fine. Just as long as it's a forward, I'm good. Don't get a goalie. Uh, I don't think they will anyways, as they drafted goalies in the last two years. Um, and, and don't, don't take Jake Sanderson, please. Like no more, low, no more left shot defenseman. Like we're good on that. Uh, if any, if you want to go defenseman, please go Drysdale, and I can be angry for a day and deal with it. But um, yeah, I'm essentially begging this pick a forward. That's kind of where I'm at. All right, I, on Lundell, I'm, I don't want to compare him directly to the ability of Ryan O'Reilly necessarily, but if you're talking about role, defensive yep. center to play behind Eichel and, and kind of create a more shutdown scenario makes a lot of sense. Yeah, Sean Couturier is kind of who I thought about too. That kind of, he fits that type of, maybe not as productive offensively down the road, sure. but that, that you know, efficient two-way style. <clears throat> that kind of archetype. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's funny because if you if you put if you go through the depth charts of every NHL team in the league, the second line center is like maybe the most random. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like teams are just like whatever. Like we're not because like we're sitting here and we're roster baiting about you know oh Anton Lundell because he's a perfect complement and it's like teams don't care right like yeah. they are they're so desperate just to find quality centers as it is mm-hmm. that it's like, they're not messing with that. They're just trying to find a warm body that can give them 50 points. Yep. And that's if they have the luxury of having one of those top <laughs> 10 centers in the league yeah. that they can throw on the first line. You know, it's like the yeah. one Buffalo. I feel like Buffalo is in one of the weirdest spots because they have a franchise center. They have a franchise defenseman and they are nowhere. And that's that feels really like, is that it? like that's all it's it's because like you you look at so many other organizations where it's like oh my gosh if we could just get that guy we could turn the corner and Buffalo has both of those guys mm-hmm. and like you look at the the next five years in that division and it's like it just doesn't get any easier. Yeah, yep. I agree. It's it's tough sledding out there to say the least but <laughs> i i do want to i do want to ask you one question here about casey middlestep because like it's easy for us from afar to look at it and be like oh this clearly hasn't worked have you written him off or is it is it there's there's reason for optimism there yeah i mean i haven't written him off um it, it's tough because look i mean he was drafted to play center right and I just personally where I am right now, I don't think he's going to be an angel center. I think the Sabres are better off if they swallow hard on that and accept that he can be a middle six winger for them and kind of start grooming him for that. You know, and the reason I think I don't think he can play center because I don't think he has the chops to play that two way game. I, I just don't. Uh, he's more of a player that kind of excels in transition. Uh, he's not that great in the offensive zone when you have possession established. That's just not his game. Um, he, he's, you know, he has the hand skills. He has the ability to score. Um, he's good and tight, but, you know, I, I just – I don't think it's ever going to be that play driver, you know what I mean, that, mm-hmm. that they kind of hoped he was. And, and maybe what he was propped up to be after he had that MVP Real Junior run a couple of years ago that probably didn't help that it happened in Buffalo too. So his value skyrocketed because all the Buffalo people saw it, and then he was the MVP and, you know, all that fun stuff. So that didn't help sure. either. And. You know, the, like I said, the O'Reilly thing definitely didn't help forcing him in there. So 
No, I, I wouldn't see any way that he's written off. The kind of the way I look at it, to be honest, and I've told a lot of people in Buffalo the way I kind of compare it, you guys can maybe relate to, is I kind of look at like a Tyson Yost situation, right? Where it's kind of, you know, maybe they forced him in too early, sent him down to the AHL. He put in his, I mean, Yost got hurt, so he really didn't get that that much. But Middlestack got some time in the AHL. And then you bring him up and see what happens. And, you know, try again. Or you decide this isn't going to work, and I'm going to pull the ripcord and see if I can get something else. Can I get somebody else's Middlestack or somebody else's Yost? Like, can I call Edmonton and say, hey, Puliarvi's not happy, Middlestack's not working, let's just flip these guys and see what happens kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. You know, if they do move them, that's kind of the trade I would I would be thinking that I would try to look for. But uh, but yeah, I mean, talking to two Colorado guys, Yost, um, career path. It's kind of the way I've, I've most explained people mm-hmm. in Buffalo. It's kind of the the path that's going down. Yost is interesting because uh, he shows these flashes, right? He'll have three really good weeks, and middle stats the same way. Same as and I then do. he'll go dark for two weeks, and then he'll have like a great week, and then it's just kind of up and down. What's different about Jost is that the team around him got exponentially better in the yep. blink of an eye. Yep. And so he got, he's been punished for a slow development path. Where, like, if you look at Tyson Jost this year, it's the best he's ever been. Mm-hmm. But you wouldn't know that talking to 90% of Avalanche Certainly fans. based on Twitter, you would have yeah, no idea. You wouldn't, you wouldn't know that. Uh, <laughs> if you the funny just... thing is, I was looking into him and, you know, looking at his, his underlying numbers, I'm like, oh, man, he had a really nice bounce back year, but his, like, production isn't that good. I'm like, oh, there's, like, points on everything, but still, his underlying numbers are fine. So I put, like, right. I, think, I don't know if I wrote about him and, like, as an under-the-radar guy to go after. And I had caught a lot of people, like, my mentors, like, oh, he's terrible. He's horrible. He's like, yeah, take him, please. And I'm like, <laughs> really? Like, he... <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, like there's there's a real chance that he's involved in something over the summer. And to be honest, like we when we talked about Reinhardt, it was like Joe made a lot of sense in mm. for some of those reasons. But we were also like, look, they've already got a middle stat problem. They don't need right. to figure out they don't need to figure out what to do with middle stat and Joe's at the they same time. They don't need another supposed to be two C but isn't. <laughs> right. I mean, but then again, that can get the same thing where maybe those two teams go together and say, Hey, you take mine, I'll take yours, and let's see how that goes. You know, one of those. Oh, please don't do down. that. Yeah, I don't <laughs> I'm sorry, but I want nothing to do with middle stat. Yeah. <laughs> like we've what we've seen is that with Jost, there's an NHL player. It might be a lower caliber NHL player than you were expecting with the 10th pick, but like we've seen, and he's gotten better. And the one time he played in the playoffs, he was really good in the postseason mm-hmm. last year. Yeah, I mean, so middle was... NHL player, don't get me wrong. Just it, he's not going to be a top six first line center. I mean, he's, yeah. he's a middle six guy all the way. <laughs> I just. He makes fancy plays sometimes. I make you guys feel better. I mean, we can, you know, we, we can make a trade happen right here. I mean, you, you know, the people thing, call my people. <laughs> the the thing that Joe does the most often is he goes hunting goaltenders who handle pucks awesome. and strips them of pucks and creates chaos right around the net. Doesn't often result in anything, but it's a lot of fun to watch. And you're just like, oh, this is kind of right. cool. <laughs> Joe's for Middlestat, Zadorov for Risto. No, I don't want to go back. No, thank you. Um, <laughs> I don't want Risto. There's no need for yeah. Risto. No, I, you I want... But you're just trading the same guy that either yeah. team is done with. Yeah, I'm good on Zadorov. I'm one of the people that actually, there's people that were mad that he was in that trade, and I was like, nope, take him. Yeah, the, the guy based just on results, I wouldn't be too mad at this point. Yeah. The guy, he's big and he can skate, but like the IQ is not there whatsoever. So just take him. 
I am. I don't. I, they that you're so insistent on forwards makes me think that it's like if they were to go hard after Reinhardt, it's like Cout or Bowers. Yeah, I. I'm assuming Reinhardt just isn't happening, but yeah. Well, because obviously New Hook is like, girl, please. Like, yeah. We're not even off limits. <laughs> and the thing about and, me, like, if I was general manager, you called me and offered prospects, I would immediately hang up on you. The only way I'm trading Reinhardt is a one for one for an equal caliber player. Caliber player. If you're going to call me about prospects, I'm not even answering your phone call. I'm hanging. Really, up on you. not even if it was like a Connor Timmons, a right side D that's ready to jump into the NHL nope. and contribute right now, and. And I don't want, especially for a defenseman. I don't want a defenseman. If I'm trading you one of my three forwards, I need a forward back. I can't take a defenseman back. Yeah, I mean, it would be part of it. Like there would be, there would have to be a forward somewhere in there. Yeah, but no, no, I, I don't have, I have zero interest. I, I'm, I'm just not trading. In my head, I'm not trading Reinhardt. And if I am, yeah, it's got to be a one for Big one. Overpay, real yeah. nice, real nice player coming back. The Avs ain't doing any one for ones out of their top six. I don't think. I mean, basically, so. the way I'm looking at it is like a Seth Jones for Ryan Johansson type trade, sure. but a forward for a forward. That, that's what I'm looking for. Oh, he's really not moving. Yeah, he ain't going nowhere. <laughs> with, and that's with me. That's me. I'm not saying the Sabres would. Yeah. Well, I'm, call, I mean, but it's me. That's not. I'm not doing that. We have no idea what this non-hockey dude running the yeah, right. is going to prioritize. No, none whatsoever. I'm just from an outsider's perspective. My concern would be that he's looking at I could spend seven million dollars on Reinhardt, or I could spend three million dollars on young dudes <laughs> and just pocket four million dollars for my ownership that has made me their fall guy. I mean, the catch is though, do they got to win, right? I mean, that that's the 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 running clock here is Eichel. I mean, if you're going to throw up another bottom. <laughs> seven finish bottom eight finish you're gonna have a guy who might be asking to be traded next summer so that's that's the catch in here with trading reinhardt is if you move out one of your good players and you get a guy maybe he can be good in two years well like was not waiting two years like yeah that's not happening all that's right a tough spot to be in that is yeah that you have a weird culture problem with an urgency to win and not really a clear path forward for winning welcome Very... to buffalo hockey <laughs> tough. but hey tough. at least you guys couldn't melt the ice properly like <laughs> that was like it's the cherry thing. on top where i was like dude that's one thing after another with this team man it's <laughs> for like two weeks it was literally something every single day i mean we had even when bottle was kept we had the owners saying they were going to keep them and yeah. in, in her message in her thing she said like you know that the owners have more information than the fans do. And then like three weeks later, the guy's fired and we're like, what well, you thought? I thought you had more information than the fans. Yeah. And then she doubles down on it again, saying like culture in the organization. Then they fire 22 people an hour after the phone call with the media. So it's, but it's mistakenly fired the IT guy. Mistakenly <laughs> fired the IT guy. Can't melt the ice at your practice facility. Because really, if you think about it, I mean, Buffalo, honestly, could have been a part of this whole no hub thing because mm-hmm. New York State is doing really good with coronavirus. Their practice facility, Harbor Center, where this happened, is a literally attached to where the NHL team plays. So we don't have to go outside. You just walk across and the hotel is attached at the top of Harbor Center. So like you don't have to go anywhere. Like you're in the building the entire time, but it's got the infrastructure. Yep. Can't melt the ice. <laughs> can't spell players' names right. Can't remember can't birthdays. Spell, can't spell alumni's names right. Can't remember birthdays. 
owner lives in Florida 90% of the time. It's yeah. It's, is it, it's, is it's, it just an absentee ownership? Because I always thought, you know, Hey, they're, they're cutting checks. They're trying to hire. Like when they hired Botterill, he was like one of the top young mm-hmm. up and coming execs. Yep. They went, they went the coach route multiple times where it was like, like Phil Housley, like everybody loved that dude. Yep. Everybody was beating down the door to hire that guy. Like this was yep. not like the Sabres pulled some dude out of left field they examined the field and they pulled guys who had a lot of hype attached to them and they just didn't work out. And so I was like, Hey, look, it doesn't look like the ownership group from the outside. Obviously it doesn't look like the ownership group is, is really doing anything bad here until now. Now it's like, this looks like a train wreck of lead, like a, a total abdication of leadership on, on their part. Yeah, I mean, over the last few years, you know, when they first got in here, yeah, I mean, they were all in. They were throwing money around left and right. I mean, remember, they almost had Mike Babcock in until he pulled the midnight change to go to Toronto. I mean, he was he was coming to Buffalo. They had press conferences planned for the next day, and then they wake up the next morning, and he's going to Toronto. So, I mean, that that was that close to happening, too. But even then, they still reeled in Bilesmar after that, like a Stanley yeah. Cup-winning coach. So, they, they got a decent coach, though. They just kept farming Pittsburgh. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but – and after that, you know, there's just so much in the organization in terms of their executive leadership, the, the stories of Pagula Sports Entertainment, their bad management styles. I mean, all the way down to recently during coronavirus, you know, it came out with one of the writers for The Athletic here did a story, and, and they literally had the slide from a presentation where there were, like, three pillars of what PSC is supposed to do. And, like, number three was maintain the Pagula family lifestyle, like, I get it. Like that's can be part of your plan, but you don't tell your employees that when you're laying yeah. off people left and right. And like, you know, it's, it's just one thing after another. And then now it's, you know, not trusting hockey people, I, I guess is their new thing now. So they're going to go with this guy who has no experience and fire his entire staff. And then now yeah. they're going to go lean and efficient and effective. And it's, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if they know. And then now Kim Bagula is the president of, the team too so it's just it's all over the place she's struggled to be nice in her role so you know it's it's a lot a lot of trouble going on now and that's that's before we even get to the team on the ice which in itself is a mess all right i did technically title this episode saving the sabers so give me something positive to wrap up on do you see this team can they actually get back to the playoffs i'm i mean it's hockey you guys should know more than anything from a team that goes from last to the playoffs right yep. I mean, right it, it happens you know i mean you have like they, they, also, you have, they did a lot of cleaning house and they were <laughs> right. like hey we're gonna give it all to a bunch of 20 year old kids and just see what the hell happens i mean they can do the same thing you know if they're gonna not bring back a lot of those unrestricted free agents. Then you're going to get yeah. Thompson up here. You're going to get Middlestad. You're going to get Cousins coming up. Um, so you have a lot of young kids coming up. They bring Bryson up to replace Pilot. That's another 22 year old you're adding into the mix. So I mean, they could, yeah, they can go that route, bring a lot of young guys in and hit lightning in the bottle. But you know, I don't know if that's really going to happen. So I mean, when you have Eichel and you have Darlene, who's Darlene is, is kind of every single year getting a little, little better, a little better. Uh, you know, I think there's always that hope, there's that promise. Um, I think there's some things that they can do to, at the very least, be in a playoff race. Maybe that's kind of where you start for now. Just don't be out of it by December, right? Let's try to get into March where you're not 
12 points out and your GM is saying, well, you never know if we want to run here. Maybe we can do it. Realistically, you're like, dude, you have like a 1% chance. Stop. We're not stupid. So, you know, get into that situation, you know, make a few minor moves um, and then try to find that center. You know, maybe it's you go yeah. a low key guy. Maybe you can pry Dylan Strom out of Chicago for one of your defensemen. And then you hope that works out, you know, and you go that route. So there's definitely possibilities. It's hockey. You never know. You know, yeah. so that's, Send that's, Yoki, are you back? Right. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. I mean, I think that was for all the bad things I say about Bottori's struggle that I think that was easily his biggest coup as general manager is he stole Yoki Haru from the Blackhawks. Alex Dlander sucks. Yeah. <laughs> no argument there. <laughs> um but so you know maybe just not all doom and gloom. That's all no. I'm trying to get at here. No. When you have Jack Eichel you always have a chance. I'll put it that way. There you go. It's, it's true. Like he, that dude is so good too, and I feel like he gets hated on because he's not McDavid. He had the injuries early on, yeah. and like, oh, how come he's the only franchise center that the that a team can't make it work with? And like, like it's like it's his fault. Him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like this year he finally got the respect he deserved because he really exploded to that elite level player this year. Yeah, I'd um, love so to see him great. rip off like a hundred and fifteen point season. Mm-hmm. And then be like, okay, yeah. I mean, he was headed there. Now he was headed there, and then he got an injury, and you know, we don't know what the injury was, and that kind of he kind of slowed down the last month of the season. But um, he was definitely on his way to a hundred plus point season. Yeah, we're familiar with that life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> McKinnon, he just can't he get that. Had three of them by now. Yeah. Yeah. Was it ninety seven, ninety nine, and then ninety three in a in a <laughs> pandemic short year? Games left. Yeah. 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 Unbelievable. Okay, I, I guess we're wrapping up the show. So, Chad, anything you want to shout out? Plug your Twitter. Plug plug your websites or anything you want to say. Go for it. Yeah, so you can follow me uh, on Twitter uh, at cmdmnss. I'm not going to spell it. I'm sure you guys will tag it, so there's no need to spell it out because no one's going to have a and paper out to write that down. Uh, so you can follow me there. Um, I write for Die With a Blade, so you can check me out there. But my new venture uh, that I'm kind of moving more of a focus on uh, is my new website I created that I talked about in the last one, um, you know, Expected Buffalo. It's, it's, it's covering the Sabres still, but it's more of a – focus i guess you could say on the advanced stats numbers that's kind of a area that's open here in buffalo covering the team so that's kind of the new venture it's been going for two and a half months now and so far so good so you know at expected buffalo on twitter and this site is expectedbuffalo.com. um you know we have a lot of fun and for colorado people uh for the playoffs we decided we're going to cover two teams we let our fans vote and the Western Conference team that we're going to cover to make it fun for us is actually Colorado. So we're going to put some Colorado content out too. Good choice. Good choice. <laughs> well, if you ever uh, if you ever need somebody to come talk abs, there are there are multiple of us to pick from. Yeah, All right. good to know. Good to know. So there you go, everybody. Be sure to check out Expected Buffalo. Chad, thank you for coming on. We're going to get out of here for today's episode. We will be back tomorrow for Free Skate Friday. So we hope to see you all there. But until next time, 
the sports landscape is ever-changing, and this week is no different. Luckily for all of us sports fans, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, has us covered. And for a limited time, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. You can take that money, you can bet on just about anything. From golf to European soccer, DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. And that's not all. You can head to the app now and check out special odds boost promotions ranging from UFC see super fight bonuses where I honestly sometimes they're basically just giving you free money on some of the UFC fights based on the odds boosts that they've had. You can also get tons of other things, whether it be Colorado related. I'm sure you could probably even bet on Buffalo to win the NHL draft lottery if you wanted to. So give it a try. Check it out today. When you sign up, be sure to use code DNVR to get that $1,000 bonus at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and first bet match each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25x playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem Call 1-800-522-4700. Thanks again. We'll see you all tomorrow. The Avalanche with